This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. Saturday Night Live with Philly Lieber. If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by the Law Offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. It's Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. And great to be here on a Saturday night. This is Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor as we come to you live on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, presented by Pond La Hockey, powered by our friends at the Sinesta Hotel, driven by Jim Stevenson and Chapman Ford on the boulevard and fueled by Teladoc. J-Doc, welcome in on a Saturday night. I want to make sure uh, you're, I know you're breathing heavy because uh, Kevin Boyle had you uh, on the edge of your seat waiting to make sure that he was there. So I just want to make sure. Uh, take a deep breath, J-Doc. You can mute your phone if you need to. We can... Buy some time. How you doing, brother? Good, buddy. How are you? You're slightly over exaggerating, Joe, but I'll give it to you. Yeah, definitely. We we, we got a great show. Uh, obviously, we got my buddy Kevin Boyle, business manager of the Ironworkers, uh, on the program, and I'm always happy about that. And uh, we're going to talk to Kevin about all kinds of things going on with the building trades right now. And we also got attorney Ken Saffron of Saffron Weinberg. And then uh, later in, in the show, we have part two with uh, Sadik and Cooper. Uh, so we got a great show lined up. Yeah, no doubt about that. We'll get into the conversation with Kevin in just uh, in just a quick second. Before we do that, let me continue to uh, reassure all of our listeners around the Delaware Valley uh, our commitment to remain live uh, every Saturday night right here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor uh, continues. We are social distancing, so uh, we are brought, we are coming to you from four or five different uh, locations at any one given moment so um, if there's if you hear a slight delay perhaps the dog in the background and some of those uncontrollable noises we'll try and get through it uh, as best we can Kevin Boyle a good evening to you sir thanks for being here brother hey thanks a lot for having me Joe I appreciate it anytime I can come on this show it's a great thing Kev lots going on man and and, uh, you know it's a lot of uncertainty out there but if you would uh, tell our listeners a little bit about what the status of the stop work order by the governor is for the iron workers and 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 the building trades as we're speaking right now. Um, for the last month, we've probably been about eighty percent unemployment. Um, we um, take it day by day, hour by hour, because that's how quickly it changes. Um, so it's devastating on the part that our members aren't receiving checks and it's taken five, six weeks just to get them on unemployment. And that's going to happen with 30 million people on it. Um, and then we just, um, like I said, it, it changes so quick and we just want to make sure, uh, you know, if we do, if some guys are working, we are following strict protocol, social distancing, uh, making sure we wear masks, making sure, you know, everything is wiped down, um, you know, and then just take it step by step. We just, you know, the, the biggest thing here is nobody can 
our biggest concern to me is, you know, we don't have enough tests to isolate people. So, right. you know, when we do do anything um, to help our members, we just got to remind each other, you know, um, you know, we're going to do the best we can. If guys want to go to work, they can go to work. Um, hopefully in the next couple weeks, we'll start slowly but surely opening some jobs up and, you know, we'll see how that goes. Now, I mean, for our listeners, just so they understand what ironworkers do, the high-rise buildings that you see, the bridges, uh, you know, we're the guys building those, you know, we're, we're building the structure. And, you know, I was, I don't know, how did you feel, Kev, when this thing started? I, I was somewhat surprised that a lot of our, our building trades, especially, you know, the steel structure buildings, the high-rise buildings, even the low-rise buildings, anybody working outside and not inside, um, that they shut us down because we're not all, there are some jobs as we all know, or that we're in tight quarters, but when when we're outside and, 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 uh, you know, building America, as we say, um, we're often not that close together. Were you surprised that they shut us down initially, uh, completely? Well, I wasn't, I was surprised that, um, how quickly it spread. Mm-hmm. So I was surprised that out of nowhere came out of nowhere and stuff like that. But no, Joe, I, I mean, to me, um, my biggest concern is the members. And even though we're out in the open and stuff like that, Joe, we, we had members test positive because really? our problem is we don't, we don't know where it comes from. We don't know what happens after work. We don't know where, who's infected and, and, where it's coming from. So that how many guys do we have? Concern. How many guys do we have, Kev? Test positive. Uh, yeah, we 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 had anywhere. Um, personally, I think we're probably about five or six uh, iron workers in in our local. But I mean, overall in the trades, you know, we probably had twenty five to fifty. And right. yeah, you know, but you know, but not just the tradesmen, but you also had people delivering people. Doing iron, you know, it's dropping off iron. You just never knew where it was coming from. That's, you know, that was our biggest concern. Uh, we try to stay open for the first week, ten days, but then all of a sudden the jobs just got out of got out of hand. We couldn't control it anymore. So, you know, to me, it was a smart move um, because you know, no job is worth your life. I mean, even though we take chances when we do what we do. But, you know, it's still not worth your life to to be safe. So, I, you know, I, I I didn't mind it. Now, you know, we're trying to go back and we have an idea um, how to do it with social distancing and clean and, and making sure we have wash stations and everything else with the because uh, we have a, an agreement with the GCBA that, you know, we're all in, in this together. So we have to, you know, do what we have to do. Joe Krause, my man. Kevin Boyle, I'm here. Kevin Boyle joining us here on Saturday Night Live uh, with Philly Labor as we come to you on Talk Radio 1210 uh, WPHT. In a moment, we'll bring Ken Safran in just to get uh, a couple of thoughts from him, and then we'll spend some time with Ken uh, after our first commercial break. Kevin, I want to ask you, what's the feeling from the street today um, uh, in un 
you know, in random conversations around the city, around the Delaware Valley, on golf courses today, the sentiment or the conversation from people is that they want to get back to work or they need to get back to work. And I'm wondering if you're starting to hear that more and more from within your circle and from members of the building trades. Um, yeah, I, I mean, we do have some guys. The problem with it is not that they don't want to come back, Joe. The whole thing is, yes, they do. I mean, that's what we do. We build. And, you know, we all want to come back. But the bottom line is, you know, we have to be a little smarter because, let's face it, we don't know what it is. If you, if your own medical people don't know how to control it, then you know us just going back and, and carefree is not going to help us because eventually something's going to happen where somebody does go back and somebody does get to uh, get it, and then something else happens to their family or something. Then you know who's responsible, right? So our, our biggest concern, you know, number one concern is the safety of the men. So we have to figure. You know, it's probably baby steps, Joe, more than anything. I know some guys, oh, yeah, I'll never get it. But listen, as soon as you say that, it comes down. So go ahead, Joe. No, I was going to say, you said something a little earlier about, you know, we had six guys in and you don't know where, you don't really know where they contracted. I, I want to bring in Ken Saffron of, of, of uh, Saffron Weinberg, uh, who's an injury attorney to talk exactly about that. Ken, how are you? Hey, how you doing? Nice to be on the show. And I'm an injury attorney, but I also specialize in workers' compensation. So, um, and, and that's where injuries. I'm going. That, that's where I'm yeah. going, Ken. Uh, what, what are the sentiments? You know, we're, we have workers starting to go back to work, but like Kevin Boyle just said, um, these are workers. Yeah. Well, well what well, he I said could, was I we have workers. More, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more with what Kevin had to say about the carefulness and, um, and Kevin, I'm hearing that sentiment as well, talking to some of the guys that, you know, the construction business who I deal with a lot. And I'm hearing the same sentiment that you're saying. They want to get back to work, but they want to make sure it's safe. You know, they want to wear a mask and, and whatever else, but you're right. If they're in close quarters, it's very difficult. And, and, yeah, and yeah, Ken, having said it's, that, it's, it's, go ahead, Kev, go ahead. Yeah, the, the biggest concern is, is like you said, is uh, exactly what you said, Kenny, is uh, our biggest concern because the guy will go, yeah, I want to go back to work, but the problem is I don't want to bring it home. And that's, right. that is the big question, right? right. So, right. you know, so you do have to take very, very big precautions that we're not used to and more so than usual to not just run in there and just do it like we usually do. So you just got to right. take and it. It's going to take time. It's going to take time. So I think there are safeguards that could be put in, um, just like they're doing in some, you know, socially isolated situations now. Like, I guess, uh, Joe mentioned golf and, you know, they're back at my golf course. And there's a lot of, you know, I haven't played yet, but there are a lot of rules to, to play now, which I think is absolutely right and good. And, I mean, obviously doing the work is much more important than playing golf. And I guess, Kevin, what they're going to have to do, and Joe, is they're going to have to put in 
really strict safeguards. And the work might be slower, but so what if that's the case? I'll let your comments are on that. So uh, let me jump in there, Ken. Um, having said that, Kevin mentioned that the workers don't look like you, it's hard to prove where they actually got it. And better safe than sorry, because you never know what's going to happen. Ken, let me ask you a question. If somebody contracts this at work, but you can't really prove where, where, where you got it, what, how does that play out in, an, in, a, in a work injury situation where, you know, you're representing one of, one of you know, an injured worker or somebody who contracted the virus? How does that play out? Do, do you have to be able to prove it, or is there going to be, you know, some leeway there? You have to be able to prove it. I think, for example, what happened in that meat plant, um, I forget where that was, where there were so many workers that contracted it, that's a little bit easier to prove that it, 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 it most more likely did not happen there. But if you have a construction worker going back to work and then gets it, and then it, it, it could be difficult. It's going to be difficult to prove. Joe, you're still going to have to go through your proofs. You're still going to need a doctor to causally relate it to the workplace or the work job, just like you do in any other injury case through workers' comp. It's going to have to be done that way. Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Kevin Boyle, business manager, Iron Workers Local uh, 401. Uh, Ken, attorney Ken Safran uh, joining us. Ken, we'll keep you on hold and bring you back on the other side of the break. Uh, Kevin, I'll let you return uh, to your Saturday night uh, with this request. Uh, the next time Jay Doc invites you to come on the show, uh, please be ready to go. Uh, by 655 Kevin if <laughs> good stuff brother I appreciate it man well done by you thank you thanks for what you're doing for the man yeah, buddy yeah you know the biggest thing is Joe what's is that make sure he, he starts sweating yeah. He starts sweating. You know what I mean? Well, all I know is he was on hold, Kev, and, and I could hear him hitting the dial. He must have dialed all of your family members to find no, you. I, I, I got Liam, thank God. Thank God I got Liam. My man Liam. I was waiting for it all day, and then I just lost track. Uh, good stuff you from Kevin Boyle. You guys have a great day, and uh, be safe out there. Uh, appreciate it. Kevin Boyle, uh, business manager of the Iron Workers uh, Local 401, joining us here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Attorney Ken Safran is with us as well. He'll stay with us as we get into our first commercial break. On the other side of the break, at the bottom of the hour, uh, Brad Sadick, Pat Cooper will be with us. Good show, good conversation on a Saturday night. Back in a moment. Portions of tonight's edition of Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor are being sponsored by Plumbers Local 690, Iron Workers Local 4. 401 and SEIU Local 32BJ. This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk, I'll be to it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart. And back here live on a Saturday night, this is Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. Special thanks again to Kevin Boyle, business manager, Iron Workers Local 401. By the way, shout out to all... Uh, members of the uh, Philadelphia Building Trades as the month of April comes to a close or came to a close, the 33rd annual All-Star Labor Classic 
was also canceled. Uh, it was scheduled to be played two Sundays ago, and that uh, ultimately the building trades uh, had to pull the or had to postpone and then ultimately cancel the All Star basketball game. Proud to say that the Philadelphia building trades made the $150,000 donation to multiple sclerosis of Philadelphia and all of the high school senior athletes, boys and girls from the suburbs and the city, all of the athletes received their scholarships from the Philadelphia Building Trades J-Doc, that's the way it always is, no matter what. Um, and and I just want to give a big shout out to uh, to John Doherty and everybody from the Building Trades, Wayne Miller, Kevin uh, Kevin Boyle, everybody uh, who delivers what I think is the best event in the city. Absolutely, another job well done. Now more than ever, people need it. The kids need it, and uh, the show must go on. And so, having said that, I want to rewelcome Ken Safford into the program. Ken. Um, a lot going on in your world. Uh, a lot of the things that you're talking with Kevin Boyle about uh, in regards to the uncertainty. Uh, what is the new normal going to look like in regards to safety uh, when it comes to uh, working conditions uh, that stem from the pandemic uh, in your world? Well, I think, well, in my world or in the world of construction, I mean, in my world, the new norm is we're doing workers' comp hearings by telephone. Uh, in my world, we're, you know, we're doing the best we can to keep the, the, the cases that we have moving along and letting our client, reassuring our clients that we are moving them. I think most of them are happy that the, the workers' comp court, and I commend them for this. I was just looking at my schedule. I have seven hearings scheduled for next week. They'll all be done by telephone, um, but they're moving them. They, you know, we'll, we'll do some status hearings. Joe, it's interesting. I did a hearing. Judge had said that he um, had already seen my client live, and there was further testimony. He had testimony. He said, Mr. Saffron, you're going to do this one by telephone with your client. We did it. It, went, it worked out very smoothly. It wasn't a problem. And uh, I think that, for now, is the new norm until we get back. Now, um, let me ask you a question. Uh, what do you see in regards to potential COVID-19 cases now and when this thing is over? Great question. I've gotten, I've gotten calls on that already, Joe. I really have. Um, I tell the clients that, you know, obviously why they're infected, they stay out of work and if they can go back to work. I think the more interesting question is going to be if they recover and there's no jobs for them at that point, where is the claim? Is there a claim for workers' comp? Because, you know, there's a job out there they had, they get sick, they're out for more than 14 days, 21, 30 days, and the company just says, well, wait, I don't think we're going to need you anymore. I think that's a compensable claim. I really do. Of course, Joe, though, you're going to still have to prove the underlying um, work-related aspect to it if it happened at work. If it happens at home or happens away from work, they weren't working, and then they try to go back to work, and they're shut down, they're shut out, that's a whole different situation. That's probably an important, not probably, it is an employment, wrongful employment termination issue could arise from that. Attorney Ken Saffron joining us here on Saturday Night Live. 
uh, with Philly Labor. Ken, let me jump off script for a minute and get your opinion or get your thoughts on this. Uh, 12 million plus people in the state of Pennsylvania, 2,200 deaths or so, 2,300 deaths attributed to COVID-19, 1,500 plus of the 2,300 deaths attributed or occurred inside uh, nursing homes around the state of Pennsylvania. Um, and, and, And I wonder now if just the general consensus from those who go to work for a living who need to go to work, um, are they doing anything wrong by pushing to be able to exercise their right to do it? What's your thought on that, Ken? Um, you mean the right to work or the right? Yeah, to- just the right to the right to go back to work, the right to the right to do it, even though they're told not to. Um, look, it, 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 I mean, the nurses and the, the, the medical staff, it's amazing to me what they're doing. They're, there are true heroes and the, and, the, and the grocery stores and all that other food. They're the true heroes of this whole pandemic. But what you're asking me is if, if somebody wants to go back to work and they want to be safe with what they wear and they're willing to take the risk, then... Yeah, I mean, they could go back to work and try, but I think another interesting question is, what about the employer in a nursing home or something like that who says to the employee, you know, the employer, they want to go back to work, but the employer says, no, we don't have a job for you right now because of the dangerousness of the situation. So there's definitely, I hope I answered your question. There's two ways to look at that, though, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I get it. And I think that's, and I only ask it, I didn't mean to put you on the spot there. I, I just was curious to your yeah, thoughts. And, 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 and I, and I, hope I think I answered your question. I mean, I hope I answered your question. I, there's really two ways to look at it is what I was trying to, to uh, articulate to you. Yeah, no, and I think that's where yeah. we're, I, you know, I think that anybody listening to the show tonight, I, I think that's where they're stru- people are struggling with what, which, which, with the answer to that, do you know what I mean? Yeah, they I mean, don't, and, and they me, don't quite, uh, hold on, Jay doc let me finish. They don't quite understand which way to go or which way to think about it. So thanks for giving me your thought on it. I appreciate it. Yeah. And, and, and no what I wanted to ask you, Kenny, is this, um, you know, we're talking about uh, job related illness now. Okay. And that's, you know, that's typically supposed to be covered by work compensation. However, now with this situation, and it's always hard to prove, but do you see any changes in regards to the future of legislation in regards to job-related illness? Well, there's going to be a lot of litigation on this. In fact, I'm going to um, uh, a seminar by, you know, not going. I'm always so used to saying that. I'm, I'm going to do a seminar on Tuesday on that exact issue, how to handle these types of cases, because as I said, I'm getting calls about it. I mean, I'm experienced, so I kind of know how to handle it anyway, but it's going to be, just like this pandemic has been very fluid in terms of one day it's one thing, and then, you know, we don't know when we're going back to work. We don't know when the courts are going to open. It's going to be the same thing, Joe, with this. It's going to be an extremely fluid situation that it's going to be a case-by-case basis. I do think, again, if you're working in a meat department, very close together with somebody 
and they're not putting safeguards up there, that's pretty obvious. But others will not be as obvious as that. Yeah, no question about that. And and and, you're, and, and they're in situations now where it is an uncertain time, and there are are there yeah. are there employers' responsibilities, Ken? In, in other words. Uh, workers are going in, they're, they're going to social distance, they're going to do all kinds of things like that. But what is the sure. employer's responsibility in regards to having protection there for them? Safeguard. It's just like, you know, work, workplace uh, safety is always important. Now more than ever, there's going to have to be a book of rules, I mean, a list of what you can and can't do. And if somebody is violating that, just like if they're violating it under normal conditions, they could be terminated, suspended, reprimanded. Same thing here, Joe. Same thing. You could be suspended, terminated, reprimanded. It's going to be, it's going to be um, laid out that way. Let's use an example of a construction site. There's going to be specific rules of what you can and can't do, what you have to wear your distance from them, and I'm sure the foremans and supervisors will be watching it very closely. No question. Kenny, listen, I want to thank you so much, Ken Safford from Safford Weinberg, for, for being our guest. Uh, I keep doing what you're doing, representing workers and injury victims, uh, and certainly uh, your yeah, input is so welcome and appreciate so fast tonight, buddy. <laughs> well, when you're having fun, that it, it, it flies, but the information you gave yeah. is fantastic. We thank you so much, brother. Thanks, man. Great to be on the show. Hope to do it again. Thanks. Yeah, great stuff. Ken Saffron joining us here uh, on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor as the first half uh, of the big show comes to a close. We'll get to a commercial break. Uh, and on the other side of that commercial break, Brad Sadick, Pat Cooper uh, will be in for the next two segments, which will get us up to the top of the hour. This is Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210. WPHD. Portions of tonight's edition of Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor are brought to you by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Iron Workers Local 405, and Steam Fitters Local 420. We're going to try to work with Republicans in a bipartisan way to find solutions to what really is not working. And back here live on a Saturday night. This is Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. Again, special thanks to Kevin Boyle, uh, business manager, Iron Workers Local 401, attorney Ken Safran from Safran and Weinberg joining us in the uh, first half hour. Quick opening half hour as we move into uh, the second part of the show. Brad Sadick, Pat Cooper, and I guess, Jay doc the best way to introduce uh, Brad and Pat is to say... Back by popular demand. We did an earlier show with uh, both Brad and Pat. Great information, great content, delivered a lot of very meaningful information. Great to have them back on the Labor Show tonight. Absolutely, guys. Welcome to the broadcast for part two of your discussion. Uh, great to have you here. Joe Crouch, Joe, Joe, Joe Doc, thanks for thank having you. us on the show. It's yeah, great to have thank you. Thank you very much for having us. It's uh, two weeks later, which means... Uh, Hopefully, we're two weeks closer to all this uh, being behind us. Absolutely. And so what we're going to do is what Joe Krause calls spit-firing, um, because we've got a decent amount of questions, and, you know, listeners want to hear them. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off with Brad. Brad. You know, you guys do a lot of union representation. How are, in, in where, where you're sitting, uh, Brad, how are the unions reacting and the union members um, 
that, uh, that are your clients were reacting to the coronavirus, uh, the coronavirus situation? Well, basically what I'm seeing on, you know, I help people with debt relief, and that's a very broad spectrum that encompasses bankruptcy, debt consolidation, mortgage foreclosure, defense, et cetera. Um, and what I see is the unions that we help and the specific people that we represent, they are essential workers. And those workers, they are on the front lines and they are working now more than ever. Um, and because they're working more than ever, they actually might have, you know, greater spending power to allocate towards their previous debts. So maybe, you know, three or four months ago, we would have considered a bankruptcy right away. Now we're talking about other options, um, maybe a debt consolidation, maybe some type of, you know, more on, along the lines of credit management, uh, where maybe we can avoid a potential bankruptcy. So, you know, although they are working more, it's also opening up more financial doors for the union workers themselves, and we're happy to guide them through that. And, and having said that, let me let me transition to, to Pat. Um, Pat, the last time we were on, we we're talking about the the, the, the shutdown and, and how it was impacting family law proceedings. Now, you guys, they're dealing with very hot button issues. You're dealing with finances. And, you know, potentially uh, living situations, divorces, uh, custody. But the courts operate on a limited basis. What, what can you guys do to help the listeners move their cases forward in family court? Well, guys, uh, what we're seeing right now are, are delays, postponements, people that have been waiting sometimes, you know, six to nine months to have a hearing date. Now it's been postponed and they don't know when it's going to be. So, we're definitely seeing more interest in, in mediation for divorce cases, mediation for child custody matters, and support cases. Uh, you know, with mediation or arbitration, you know, union guys are familiar with arbitration, right? You guys know that, right. that when you have two sides that, that may not agree on everything, but they need to get a deal done, sometimes that's the best way to do it. And sometimes that can save our clients a good deal of time and a good deal of money and they end up with a pretty similar result as what they might get by going through the court system. So our firm provides this service. Uh, it can be very useful, especially in light of the strains on the court system right now. The firm is Sadek and Cooper. Brad Sadek, Pat Cooper joining us here uh, on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. Uh, Brad, let me... Um get your thoughts on this. this uh, I watched the story leading up to a news story tonight, leading up to uh, getting ready to go on the air with the live broadcast. Uh, there's pressure out there uh, for the creditors, for the banks, for the mortgage holders um, to have some leniency, to have some um, empathy um, to not be so forceful um, the way perhaps they might be in a normal situation. Is that true? Is that what's happening? Well, those creditors, there's a, they're actually businesses as well. And, you know, what I am saying is, you know, if we're talking about federal student loans, yeah, they are deferred. They are deferred interest-free. But then we talk about more private lenders, 
ranging from private student loans to credit cards. And, you know, the problem is the credit card companies, people are home. They're easier to find. Um, The credit card companies are calling people more and more and more. And there are some deals to be worked out, but those deals also have to be affordable. And these credit cards, they're only going to stay in business if they're collecting money. Um, What I've heard with larger expenses, and what I'm talking about is car payments and mortgage payments, I think those are the first things to really bog people down, um, are forbearances. And generally, the forbearances are three months. So if somebody has a mortgage payment of $2,000, and it's $2,000 for April, May, and June, that's $6,000. So if there's a three-month forbearance, that 6000 is due in July plus July's payment. Truthfully, I don't think it's enough, and I think it's an unrealistic ex- expectation um, for those creditors to assume that people are going to have the money. Um, I think when we are back to work, we're going to be working more, um, but at the same time, I don't think our earnings are going to increase that quickly to keep pace with the debts that we've become, uh, that people have come behind on. Um, so I think that's going to be an issue. But right now, there's a lot of kicking the can down the road that's going to come into the forefront. So having said that, let's talk about the stimulus checks that are coming in mm-hmm. for the creditors. I've heard all kinds of stories on the news that creditors have first right to them, uh, in, you know, if there's back payments. Well, as far as the stimulus, if it is a creditor, if somebody owes the bank and there's a lien on the bank, yes, that lien would have um, first right to the stimulus itself. But if it's, um, you know, if there's not a judgment, then no, if somebody owes in credit card uh, debt, and they're getting a stimulus of $1,200, that $1,200 is their money. And uh, it is not earmarked directly to the $10,000. Now, the problem is somebody could use that $1,200 to pay their debts voluntarily, but no, it is not mandatory. So, so, Pat, tell us how the stimulus check comes into play in your world. Well, on the family law side of things, uh, you know, first of all, I'll say that many of our clients have reported that they have not received their funds yet. Um, You know, there's a lot of different exceptions to even if you're entitled to one, if you didn't have your tax refund direct deposited into a bank account last year, or maybe you didn't get around to filing your last year's income tax return. You know, you may not receive yours uh, digitally. You may need to get it through the mail. So, you know, uh, hopefully you didn't move recently or you may not get it. Uh, A few of our clients have actually received notices in the mail that their stimulus check was intercepted for child support arrears. And obviously that's that's an issue. You know, Kevin mentioned earlier that he's got guys that have been out of work for weeks and weeks and weeks. And, you know, I'm sure they were relying on that stimulus check. And, And now child support arrears that they were dealing with legitimately through the courts, by the way, when they were getting wage attached, uh, you know, now it's been intercepted. So child support arrears, you know, they're overdue amounts that can accrue when a paying parent goes through a period of underemployment or unemployment. Uh, you know, I think this happens in, in various trades from time to time where you may have jobs consistently for nine months straight 
then you have a few months or a month where you don't have work. If you're not filing to modify your support payment and you're not making direct payments directly to the, the other parent or directly to the court, you're going to accumulate some arrears. Normally, this is not that big of a deal because you pay a little bit extra every month till you catch up. Um, and, and the issue, though, right now is, you know, you're looking for your stimulus check in the mail and then instead you get a notice that it's been completely seized. That can happen with a tax refund. That can happen with a stimulus check. And that's what we're seeing happening right now. Brad Sadick, Pat Cooper joining us here Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. We'll get to our final commercial break of the show. We'll continue with Brad and Pat on the other side back in a moment. Portions of tonight's edition of Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor are being sponsored by IOTC Local 8, District 1199C, and the Newspaper Guild. The right-wing conservatives don't have to drive themselves crazy. They can walk there. <laughs> God bless you. And back here live on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. One programming reminder, don't forget Sunday, 5 p.m., J-Doc and I will be right back here live tomorrow night on 1210, our lawyer-to-lawyer network, uh, bringing you the information uh, you need. J-Doc, as I come to you to get back with Brad Sadick uh, and Pat Cooper, uh, really just great, great information uh, from uh, Brad and Pat. The firm is uh, Sadek and Cooper will never co- will never have enough time uh, to cover the amount of information that Brad and Pat uh, can provide. It's really, really good stuff. It's very meaningful, uh, and I appreciate you, Brad and Pat, being on the uh, show tonight. And with that, Jay Doc, I'll toss it over to you, sir. You know, credit relief, okay? Uh, this isn't on the agenda, but I hear all kinds of things like, you know, if people are behind on bills or they're behind on um, you know, to creditors that they're not, especially during the pandemic, they're not going to be hit with, with, with uh, you know, hits to their credit. I mean, how could somebody be blamed for not being able to pay their bills when they're told they're not allowed to go to work? What's the situation with that, Brad? Well, the, the thing is, even though they're not working and they're not making the money that they used to, those bills and those creditors, you know, they keep going. That is fluid and that marches on um you know especially again with mortgages and credit cards and some people they're continuing to incur debt during this because this is not an inexpensive time for people you know people's spending has shifted dramatically but when we talk about you know how are they not going to pay their bills, you know, it's an impossibility at this time. And, you know, the government has tried to step in and the government has helped. The thing is, it's not a long-term solution. The stimulus is not the long-term solution. The solution is getting us back to work. And, you know, that's a, you know, that's as much as a medical question as it is a legal question, but it, it cannot go on forever. And, and and having said that, we're all cooped up in the house, okay? High rates of unemployment, a lot of stressful people. I'm going to ask Pat, yeah. how, how do you see this? Um, and there's all kinds of jokes about it on, on the Internet, but the truth is it's not a joke. How do you see this affecting, this pandemic affecting divorce, uh, at least in the Philadelphia area? Well, Joe, there, there's always uh, some truth in every joke, right? So uh, I, I tend to think that uh, after discussing this with other divorce attorneys and my colleagues, uh, we do expect that there will be a rise in divorce filings, probably a significant rise. 
there are a number of reasons why we think this. Uh, just a few of them. You know, we've seen uh, a slight uptick in inquiries regarding divorce, uh, even even throughout the pandemic. Uh, there are various countries in Europe and Asia who have already seen post-lockdown filing rates rise. Uh, I think people are realizing that, you know, if they weren't happy in their marriage before, that life is too short. And then on top of that now, in some cases, they've been forced to spend every waking minute in the same house as their spouse, which, you know, <laughs> it's not easy. If, it's not easy with a good marriage, guys. So I, 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 think, can, uh, I can attest to that, by the way. <laughs> <Hopefully my wife's laughs> I'm glad I became friends with you guys. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but go ahead. I, you know, I, I get it. It's definitely a stressful time. It's not only, you know, that you're in close quarters, but you're financially stressed. A lot of people are uncertain. I mean, I'm assuming it's going to, you know, vary between industries, but there's no question about that. And, and, and I mean, you know, in, in custody, we talked about the custody hearings and, and all those things. Um, you know, it's just a stressful time. What are some of the reasons to be proactive uh, and hire a lawyer to file if you, if you are in that situation? Because it, it, I'm not joking when I say, you know, domestic violence, it's crazy. Uh, you know, you know, if you feel like you're not going to make it through this, especially with your marriage, why is it more important to uh, file before your spouse does? Is there an advantage? Well, Joe, I'd say the first thing is you want to get in touch with a lawyer. That, that really is the first step. And I think that goes back to just like anything else in life. You know, do you want to have the knowledge at your fingertips? Do you want to be able to plan ahead? Uh, and, and if there's something that you want, do you want to wait for somebody else to, to do it for you? And I think that the answer is, is yes to the first couple of things and no to the last thing, because you want to be proactive. You want to know uh, going into it what your rights are. One major reason that many of my clients don't always realize uh, that they should be more proactive is that the longer you stay married, the more of your assets may become divisible in your divorce. For example, if you have a 401k or a pension or another retirement benefit, the portion of that benefit that your spouse might be entitled to in divorce is measured by the length of your marriage prior to separation. So if you're just kind of sitting around and not being proactive about it, it could be costing you money every month, every paycheck. Uh, another major issue is alimony, and, and that's a word that a lot of people are familiar with. Uh, I get a lot of a lot of confused questions about alimony, though. Uh, the truth is, Pennsylvania does indeed have alimony, and if you stay married for long enough and you're the higher-earning spouse, then the court can order you to pay your, your divorcing spouse monthly alimony for a period of time. You know, as a rule of thumb, usually that's, that's one year for every three years of marriage after your divorce is final. So, so having said that, we got about two minutes, maybe one and a half. Real quick, Brad, are people spending money from home? In other words, you know, great question. Yeah. (laughs) So people are spending money and, but the way people have are spending money is actually uh, shifting. I was actually reading a news article this morning and people are getting away from, you know, what we could expect. Um, They are not spending money on things like, gas and restaurants and entertainment, dry cleaning and vacations. So those things, people are saving a lot of money, but people are spending money on things such as, and this is going to bring us all back. People are spending money on books. Books are up 300% this year. So books, cleaning supplies are up over 200%. Sports and outdoor equipment. Great to see the kids getting out there. Toys, groceries, pet supplies, pools, and health and beauty 
are the highest, um, you know, increase uh, in consumer spending. And, um, you know, if there is any good, it is those things. Um, You know, it kind of brings us back in time almost. Guys, th- thanks so much for joining us again. I mean, you know, whatever you guys are on, the bottom line is there's, n- you know, we- there's not enough time because there's so much to talk about, so much great information. I, w- I want to thank uh, Brad Sadick and Pat Cooper from the law firm of Sadick and Cooper for what you guys are doing and what you do for union members on a daily basis. Great information, fellas. Thank you. Thank you for having us, guys. Thank yeah, really- you. Really good stuff from Brad Sadick and uh, Pat Cooper. That's going to close out Saturday Night Live uh, with Philly Labor here on Talk Radio 1210 uh, WPHT. We thank everybody for tuning in uh, on this Saturday night on behalf of Kevin Boyle and Ken Safran, who kicked off the show, Brad Sadick and Pat Cooper, uh, who delivered uh, the second time around as well. Uh, We appreciate you being here. We ask you to stay safe. On behalf of J-Doc, I'm Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody. Portions of tonight's edition of Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor have been sponsored by Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, CWA, Communications Workers of America, and AFSCME Local 1739, DC 47. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management.